Well, it's been quite the adventure in the studio this morning. Uh, Zoom has been a great platform for us during this quarantine, but today uh, Zoom headquarters is having global problems. And uh, we apologize for a 30 minute delay. I was gonna be interviewing Virginia today and in, in the, the battle that she's been going through um, in life. We're gonna push that to next week. Um, Virginia's been battling cancer for quite a while. She's, she's in our church and she's just shown a lot of a grit and perseverance. My mom, my mama, Susan Norris has been battling cancer and today was gonna be on hope and, and uh, what do you do when it just seems like things aren't going your way. So what we're gonna do, hopefully, if Zoom cooperates with us next Sunday, we'll pick that back up. Because I really want to interview Virginia and her story. We thought it was an issue on our end starting off, and it turns out that Zoom's just not working. So, I uh, can people hear me right now, by the way? Yeah. Making sure? Yeah, we got audio going out. I had, uh, what about video? Can they see me? Oh, yeah, it's right here. Okay, good. I had an unction in the shower this morning that I was going to have to to go to a, a sermon this morning just on my own. I, I, I didn't think it was God when, when he was talking to me. And now I uh, realize he was. I want to talk about, I want to pray for us. And then I want to talk about a wrestling match in the Bible that I think a lot of people, if you could get revelation on, it really could help you walk in friendship with God on a deeper level. Um, Israel was birthed out of a wrestling match with a man by the name of Jacob. God turned his name into Israel. And I want to talk about a couple of verses in Genesis 32. But before I do, let's just pray together. If you're with your family this morning, uh, just just gather up. Let's pray. Let's just let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our dens, into our rooms, to wherever we are. We just welcome you. I I bless you, Bridgeway Church, with deep connection with the Father. I bless you, Bridgeway Church, that your faith will become more real even in this season than it ever has in your, in your entire lives. All the kiddos of Bridgeway, I bless you with joy, power in the Holy Ghost, peace. I bless you with a deep joy. Father, I ask that you rest upon kiddos of Bridgeway today and that you would just fill them with so much of your fresh presence and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to, to Genesis 32 together. Genesis 32 and go to verse 22. When I was a kid, one of the, my favorite things I ever did with my brother is we would watch the, the, I think it was WWE wrestling. I think that's what it was. And it had all the crazy characters. Remember Hulk Hogan back in the day? My mom used to hate that we watched that. I'd get up on top of the couch and fly off the couch and try to kill my brother. I'd take my forearm across his face and throw him around. We did a bunch of fake moves. I remember just some of those wrestling matches we'd watch on TV, these people acting like complete idiots, but something just came inside of me. And uh, as a little kid, I just wanted to wrestle. I used to love wrestling with my dad. I loved it. He'd let me pin him. Of course, he was letting me pin him, you know. And I would, I'd be eight, nine years old, and I'd, I'd have my, my dad down in some wrestling move and have my elbow on his on his throat, and it, it woke me up. It did something on the side of me. Last night, Jack and I, my 11-year-old, we grilled out outside, and I said, Jack, take your shirt off. We're going to eat like real men, like cavemen back in the day. 
and we put a bunch of wings in this Frank's hot sauce and we had red sauce all over us right off the grill. Jack said, dad, I feel like an animal. And I said, son, it's a bonding moment. He said, this is like we have blood all over us. There's something, there's a John Eldridge side to a guy. There's a wild at heart that, um, I think we've just tamed down specifically young men so much. We've become so domesticated that sometimes you just need to tap back into our original roots of, of who we are. And the original roots of really the Israel story being birthed came from a wrestling match, came from a, it wasn't clean. It wasn't pretty. It was an all night wrestling match with a man and most scholars. And I believe the, the person that this man wrestled with was Jesus himself. And so today is more of a, a one of these barbaric looks is where's faith come from? At some point, you have to develop your own faith. And I've never found anyone that has deep faith in God. I'm talking about the James chapter one faith. I'm talking about the faith that hangs in there until the end, the faith that perseveres. Not, not this disassociated jump from church to church, speaker to speaker, theology to theology, book to book. I'm talking about a faith that sinks its teeth into God like a junkyard dog and you just don't move when everything around you looks like it's falling apart. I'm talking about real faith, biblical faith. They call James old camel knees. And Jacob, even though he seems to be quite the rascal, even in the womb, he gets to a place that before Israel was birthed, we see this violent wrestling match. Here it goes. Uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. The point of today's little sermon here, a little devotion, until you wrestle, you're not ready to settle. And a lot of people settle before they wrestle, and then the, their theology falls apart when tough times come. The storm's coming one way or the other, and you you got to have a faith they can make it through a storm. Here's how it happens. Verse 22, Genesis 32. That night Jacob got up, took his two wives, two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. All right, let me let me say that right there. Here's what I've noticed about all the great ones. And when I say the great ones, I'm talking about those that ascend the mountain of God and get to the summit and stay there. I'm talking about summit dwellers. I'm talking about the Sherpas that get to Psalm 24, mountain of God, up top, and they stay there. The great ones are these Hebrews 11 saints. These saints that they don't gauge success spiritually on what they can see, taste, feel, touch, or hear they just go to a really, really deep place in God. The Desert Fathers, the, those those authors that just they just had more meat on the bone in their books than others. You know, you know the ones I'm talking about. The ones that glow Jesus. The one that when you have a hard time sometimes even looking into their eyes, they all, every single one of them, all the great ones have one thing in common. They come to a crossroads, to where he or she looks around, and in their journey with the Father they seem to be, it's just he or she with the Father. There, there's something about being alone. There's something about Jesus being led into the desert where he's tempted. There's something about Jesus before his crucifixion being alone all night in that dungeon. There's something about when Simon Peter even fell asleep and Jesus is in Gethsemane by himself. Henry Cloud knew this well. St. John of the Cross knew this well. The dark night of the soul in your faith is not a death sentence. It's actually an initiation to where perhaps for the first time in your life, you know what you believe, why you believe it, 
God becomes so real to you and he becomes real to you, not in this fluffy, picturesque beach scene. He comes real to you in the Gethsemane scene, in the desert, in the lonely places. In the fact that you know him as healer, but yet your body's not responding to prayers. Your body's not responding to the miraculous power that you know is available to you. It's these tight places. It's these places where you start to question everything that you have a choice. You either fall apart and you leave the faith. Jesus becomes like a rabbit foot. Well, that didn't work. I'll just go on to something else. Or for the great ones, it's the place where you feel alone, where depression feels like your best friend, where you have doubts, concerns, and it looks like what he's promised you is not manifesting. If you choose to, you actually can bond with the Father push through your insecurities, push through your fears, push through your doubts. And if, and it's a big if, if you can hang in there until the wrestling match, even with your own theology is over, you can get to a place where there's no devil in hell that can take away from you what you have in Abba. Typically, the great ones that influence the world have overcome themselves, a wrestling match with the Father, a wrestling match with their own doubts. They've overcome what even seems like hell itself. Here is Jacob, and he's left alone. No prayer partners. No prayer partners. We, codependency is such an enormous issue in the church. Uh, a lot of even prayer groups or intercessors uh, can get more attached to the people he or she is praying with and actually be detached from the Father. Codependency is a huge issue in the church. There are some places in God you can't go with anyone else, including your spouse. There are some certain places in the Father's heart you have to go alone. I watched uh, Three Hobbits last week. I've watched them so many times. It's been a few years since I watched them, but the opening scene of Hobbit... There's a picture in the mountains called Lonely Mountain. You watch Star Wars, two Star Wars movies ago, Luke's on a mountain by himself. Until you go through a desert, you're never going to get to a place where you come out of the desert with a higher level of power than you had before you went into the desert. Look at what's happening with quarantine. You don't know who you are until you're squeezed. Some people, as they're being squeezed, Jesus is coming out, James 1. A lot of other people, as they're being squeezed, it's doubt, insecurities, fears, hopelessness. You don't know who you are until you're squeezed. So Jacob gets squeezed. Here he is. He's by himself, left all alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. We like to think, well, if God shows up, isn't he going to hold me? The most dangerous thing we can do is superimpose my own theology onto the text. Jacob is alone. God shows up and a wrestling match occurs. Before Israel is birthed, a wrestling match happens. Your destiny will always come on the heels of a wrestling match. A lot of people, specifically charismatics, we want to wrestle with the devil. Jesus Christ defeated the devil. A higher level of wrestling is wrestling with the Father to determine once and for all, why is it that you believe what you believe? Who is the Father to you? You know a lot of spouses draft off the spiritual capital of their spouse? I mean, there's got to come a point where I say, I'm not going to be a parasite anymore. When I was a, a little boy, my grandfather died, and he was my hero. And even as a little boy, I just decided, as long as I'm on this earth, and I don't know how long that's going to be, I'm going to know God. I'm, I'm going to know God. Like for me, personally, I've even gotten in the past five years, I don't want to read books by people that know God very well. I want to write books on what I know the Father to be. 
There's got to come a moment to where you're like, I'm not trying to develop spirituality for my kids to pass that down. I'm not trying to be a good mentor to those I'm leading. I'm not even trying to be a great pastor. There's got to be a moment where it's like, I want to know God, period, the end. And I don't want to know God for what he promises me or, or the destiny he gives me. A lot of people are coming to God for a destiny. You got to get to the point where you come to God for God. You just come to God for God, where the Father is your reward. The Father is my reward. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying a lot of this rubbish that we that we call spirit-filled living is really going after the blessing, not the blesser. Really. And, J- and listen to what Jacob says. I love this. He says he was left alone. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. This is a crazy story. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go. I will not let you go. I will not let you go. There. <sighs> yes, there's blessing. There is blessing in pursuing the Father. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But the blessing comes on the other end of you wrestling with him. The blessing is not even the blessing. The blessing is him. The blessing is the Father. Guys, I know so many people that have global stages and behind closed doors they're still looking for the one they're serving. If you run towards a stage, it'll run towards you from you. If you run towards money, it'll run from you. If you run to the Father, what you get back is a deep connection with Abba. There's a place you can go in Abba that even on your deathbed, death has no sting. There's a place you can go to in the Father to where you find what the whole world's looking for. But you're not going to find that without a wrestling match. It's just not going to happen. What I notice, um, a lot of people's theologies are like Jenga. I know a lot of y'all played that game. It's where you're pulling the little pieces, and if one part just pulls wrong, then the whole thing collapses. I've known a lot of people, they've developed a theology, and then when life sure does not look like what God promised, and it doesn't look like a destiny is manifesting, it's like the theology just crumbles. I want to give a couple of practical steps of what a wrestling match with God looks like. The first thing that the Father is showing me is the power of your, your own journal. If you look at what a parasite is, a parasite, all it does is it lives off the blood of another animal. I took my dog Preacher to the pond yesterday. Sam was fishing. I walked down there with him, and he had a little critter on him. I don't know why these critters are this way, but they, they find a dog and they jump on him, whether it be a flea or a tick, and they live off the blood of the dog. A lot of God's kids love God very much, but they attach to the spiritual capital of someone else and they become parasitic. And the problem with that is you can draft off someone else's spiritual capital for a while, but when hell invades your own life, there's no teeth to sink down into God because you don't have history with God for yourself. There is one thing we we can't do. We can't impart our own history or our own spiritual capital to someone else. I just can't. But it becomes so real when you're in your own dungeon, you're in your own doubts. You're in your own fears. When you come to peace with the one you're wrestling with, oh my gosh. That's when life starts to make sense. That's when a peace that surpasses all understanding invades you. (coughs) I want to tell you a story. It was about, um, it was about seven years ago. I got an invitation to speak at the Oklahoma Youth Evangelism Conference. 
and there were over 18,000 people in a room and I was on a stage. And I walk on the stage where I'd watched many Oklahoma basketball games before. And I preach in front of 18,000 people. And I remember walking off that stage and I remember feeling in my soul that it was one of the most anticlimactic moments of my life. And you say, what do you mean? When you grow up and God's got his hand on you to speak, you know, from time to time your mind goes to, I wonder what stages God will give me to speak on. And uh, there's not many people that get the opportunity to speak in front of 18,000 people. I walk off stage, and this is the first thing I told the Father. I said, that's not what I thought it would be, and I just want you. I just want you. You know that you are growing in spiritual capital when the things that other people would think is your destiny manifesting, they don't even matter. What matters is the oil you're cultivating with God in the secret dry places. Whew. If you look at how wine is made, if a grape could talk, I think a grape would say, you know, I love the fact that a person gets to enjoy the harvest of this wine, but I sure do miss that bucket I sat in for a year and a half. Now, obviously I'm aimed and Jacob is not wrestling with God anymore. There's something about the desert is to have my destiny manifest and the blessings to manifest. You missed the whole point. With no wrestling match, there is no Israel. Israel is the blessed nation. We know that. They still are. 95% of the world's wealth is in Jewish hands. I'm simply saying this. If I gauge my spiritual success upon my blessings, then that that just shows me that I, I missed the whole point. The point is intimacy with the Father. I, th I think that David, I think he daydreamed when he was in Jerusalem, daydreamed of the days when it was so simple. It was just him and the Father. It was just him and those sheep. So David had a couple of stages. He goes from Bethlehem, then he goes into Hebron, then he goes from Hebron, then he goes into Jerusalem. If all I do is have my mind on what God's going to do for me, if I could just hang in there a little longer, my dream will manifest. Your dream is Abba. If you think your dream is the next house, the next kid, the next job, uh, maybe if I do this, maybe if I get this breakthrough, get this book, get this influence, it'll never satisfy you. I mean, how much more could Solomon have been given than he had in life? I don't know what else he could have been given. And at the end of his life, what does he say in Ecclesiastes? Fear God, keep his commandments. Solomon had everything a man could ever want, and it wasn't enough. David had Jerusalem, and that wasn't enough. He chose Bathsheba. There's something about the shepherd. There's something about that shepherd season that somehow Jesus never left. He's the number one metaphor in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation on who he is. There's something about Jesus that Abba was enough for him in Gethsemane. Abba was enough for him at the cross. Abba was enough for him on the run from Herod when he was two. At 12 years old, his parents were like, where have you been? He said, I've been in my father's house. The father was and still is the Lord Jesus Christ's reward. That's good preaching. I'm telling you, Armando. It's, I'm telling you. It's been the past two days I've been hit with that. If all you want is the blessing... The blessing shall come. The blessing is the Father. And you know what? Don't you want to be one of those Sherpas that can go to the summit without an oxygen pack? Hey, <laughs> I'm serious. At some point, you got to decide, what do you want? Like, what is it? What are you here for? What do you want?
Jonathan Helms is a phenomenal counselor. He's grown in the prophetic like crazy. He asks people all the time in sessions I'm in with him, what is it that your hearts desire? Guys, people can't answer the question. I have heard him ask this question over and over and over. What is it that you want? What is it that your heart longs for? People can't answer. I, I can tell you this. As for me and my family, my three kiddos and my bride, we've just decided as for us, we're here to serve the Lord. We want the Lord. There is something so amazing about sticking it in the enemy's ear hole with your contentment in Abba. See, a lot of people, they want to find contentment. You can't find contentment unless you wrestle first. You want to know what I learned in seminary in four years? Not much. I can tell you this, the greatest seminary experience in my life was a nervous breakdown. You don't know how much you need God until you're too afraid to live or too afraid to die. But when you find God in the fetal position, when you find God battling your cancer, when you find God in your divorce, when you find God in your betrayal, when you find God in false accusations over and over and over in your life, whatever it is, when you find God in crisis, in a desert, when you're wrestling, no one can take it from you. Recently, I was visiting with an elder, Dr. Jack Hancock. He had back surgery. He was in a lot of pain about 10 weeks ago. And the thing I took away from meeting with him in his hospital room, all he could talk about was the Lord Jesus Christ in that hospital bed. That's all he could talk about. I've, I've, I have been a part of quite a few people giving up their last breath in hospital rooms. I've been a part of pastoring people through crisis. I've been a part of people going through heartache. And there's something I've noticed about wrestling seasons and pain that as horrific as they can be, it will so connect you to Abba if you will just hang in there and wrestle. I've been a part of marriages where the spouse, it's a miracle they forgave the other spouse and somehow God turned it all around. I've been a part of people being diagnosed that they're going to die and now they don't die and God, God intervened. I've been a part of the opposite. In the wins and the losses in the natural realm, there's something I have noticed. Until you wrestle with God himself on what it is, what you believe, and why you believe it, your faith is anemic and it's parasitic. So I'll close with this. Don't let your faith become parasitic. There's a young man on staff, and I like him a lot. He doesn't orbit around me a lot right now, but he will one day. And I've just been hearing through the grapevine recently, he's just been making decisions to go deeper in his faith with the Father. And the Father's been asking him to do hard things. I've never seen anyone become great in God unless you're willing to do hard things. Your breakthrough is always through hard things, not around them. In any charismatic theology that says Jesus went through hard things so you don't have to, it's just, I don't even know what that is. It's mystical, fanciful, it's a lie. No, you'll meet God in hard things. I had a dream last night about someone that my wife and I know very, very, very well. I've actually had a couple of dreams about this person. And this person's finding God in pain. Dr. Paul Brand wrote a book called The Gift of Pain. I'm going to tell you something. Wrestling seasons are a gift, and they sure don't seem like it. They don't seem like it. Go read the Desert Fathers. Go read the Dead Authors. 
4 a.m. last night, I'm studying about Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee spent 25 years in prison writing his, his best writings chained up in a Chinese prison system. And from Watchman Nee's 25-year season of prison comes some of the greatest writings in the history of the church. Wasn't even allowed to see his wife for like 25 years, but off and on. She couldn't even come. They cremated his bones before she could even come visit him. Apostle Paul writes Philippians from jail. Jesus had to go through Gethsemane. If you're in a tough spot, I'm just saying, wrestle with the Father and you can find a peace that the world can't give you. I'll close with this. Fox's Book of Martyrs, when Nero was driving rods through Christians' backs and dogs were eating their flesh while they're being burned at a stake, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories of these saints laughing and singing and praising as their spirits leave their body. You want to know why? They found God in the middle of the pain. And if the pain's overcoming you, it's actually an opportunity to find God in the middle of it. And your story can be like Daniel, to where it's like, how in the world the lion's not eating this person? If you're in a tough season, don't look for an exit strategy. Look for the Father and wrestle with Him. Whew! Well... That's our sermon for today. I feel like Andrew Womack in here. Nobody else in the studio. This <laughs> man, it's kind of weird flying solo. I feel like a fighter pilot without a wingman. I'm, I'm the audience. I've been crying. I've been worshiping back here. Armando was more stirred up than a wasp trying to figure out what Zim's problems were. All right, Bridgeway. So elders are going to meet this week, and we're going to decide what is the plan as we look forward to reconvening on property. Do I know the plan right now? I don't. Just please pray for us. Um, these elders, we, we love each other a lot and we care about Bridgeway and we'll do what we always do. We'll get in a room and say, Father, what are you saying? I, I really don't know. We want to be really wise. We want to be really spirit-led. Spirit and just please pray for us. Um, we want to do the right thing. I'm not sure, but we're going to communicate well. Don't forget to sow first fruits in. You can go to bridgewaychurch.org. And um, prophetic on, event. Um, yep, besides first fruits. We have a prophetic online training that I'm doing with Joe Reynolds. It's the thing that I get most stirred up about. I, I love it so much. Uh, the prophetic to me, I just, I love it. And we're going to do a coaching clinic on May 18th and 19th. Here, I'm 17 years now walking in the prophetic. I'm more stirred up right now for the prophetic than I have been in a long time. That's May 18th and 19th, 6.30 p.m., I think we have room for around 500 people. We've already got, what, 400 signed up-ish? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, go to jointheascent.com. And also, we have an Ascent Open House. You may be a member at Bridgeway, and you're like, y'all talk about Ascent a lot. What in the world's Ascent? It's our three-year discipleship school in person and our two-year online discipleship school. You may just want to learn about it. You may be a member at Bridgeway, and you say, well, I don't want to go to Ascent. I just want to know what it is. Come to the open house. That's on May 21st online at 6.30 p.m. You also can go to jointheascent.com right there to sign up. Is that it? Let me speak a blessing over you, Bridgeway. In the name of Jesus, may you develop a grit with Abba and never blame anyone for what you don't have in him. May you join the greats. May you join the Hebrew, Hebrews 11 greats. May you join those saints that were not afraid to wrestle with God. May your faith become your own. And may you go from being a parasite to an oak tree so others can find shade under you. Be blessed. God bless.